Yes, we have John 20, 19 to 31. Now when it was the evening on that day, first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were together due to the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you, just as the Father had sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they, will be re they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, who called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I have seen in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, Place your finger here and see my hands, and take your hand and put it into my side, and do not continue in this belief, but be a believer. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you, you have seen me, but now you believe, blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. I was being really, really smart. I, Tiff said, if you, you use your pen and you can highlight things. So I highlighted something on the confession and then I couldn't get it off. So, <laughs> but no one noticed, did you? No one noticed? Praise God. We're doing a series on, uh, on the righteous shall live by their faith. This year is an exceedingly growing, we have exceedingly growing faith at Redeemer Coast. That was Paul rejoiced for the church in Thessalonica. He said, I rejoice that you have exceedingly growing faith. So we've talked about what faith is, or we talked about the need, the righteous shall live by their faith, and the reason we, uh, uh, or the purpose of faith, or one of the outworkings of having faith, uh, is that it sets the boundaries and protects us from the work of the enemy against us. The Bible says, lift up the shield of faith. And it also uh, allows God to move and bring his blessings in our life. That's the purpose of us having faith. And then we talked about what faith is, and faith is your belief. Faith is, uh, uh, faith's a noun. Believe is, a, is an action word, it's a verb. Your faith is those things that you believe, and you believe strongly enough to act on them. All right? That's your faith. Uh, faith is, uh, you know, it's described in lots of ways. Pentecostals say faith is the hand of God, hand of man, reaching up into heaven to bring... Down. And, and if you wanted to find faith, then you'd be going around looking for the hand of man reaching up into heaven and, and, you know, where is it, you know? Even Hebrews, we'll talk more, there's a lot of things we've got to talk about, guys. We could go years, but even Hebrews 11, one is a definition of faith, but it is a definition of faith by what faith does, okay? 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of not seen, not seen. And we'll talk more about that. It's like saying um, a car is a means of transport. Yes, a car is a means of transport. But if you saw a plane going across it, you say, what's that? There's people in it. Oh, that's a car. All right? So yeah, Hebrews 11 one describes faith by what it does. The simplest definition of faith, the one that Jesus used and the one that's used through the epistles, is faith is a belief. If you want to know if you have faith, you've got to say, what is it that I believe? What is it that I believe about this? So we're talking about, uh, in this instance, we're looking at uh, Thomas, and, and I think Thomas has been hardly done by uh, over the uh, generations. And, you know, there's got the, the expression, doubting Thomas. You heard that, doubting Thomas. They even wrote a song about him. You can never get Abraham's blessing. You can never get Abraham's blessings with a Thomas kind of faith. Anyone heard that song? Oh. You not heard it? Oh. Well, you can never get Abraham's blessings with a Thomas kind of faith. So that's our sermon title. Oh, I've got to flick it. I have more pressure. Oh, how do I flick it? Pressure, pressure, pressure. No, there's nothing. Oh, there. Oh. You can't get Abraham's blessings with Thomas's faith. And we're going to be talking about uh, faith that is natural and mental and faith that is then embedded in your heart or your spirit, which endures and stands. Faith that is natural and mental, you could call it a weak kind of faith. Faith which is embedded in your heart, which you have a very strong conviction about. The Bible calls that a strong faith. So it's an interesting passage. Poor old Thomas, he, did, he does get picked on a little bit because he probably was the academic one. He was the, uh, the logistics person. He was the one that worked out, if I can't see it, if I can't touch it, it doesn't exist. But he was actually very genuine in his faith and he was sincere in his faith. So we have uh, the scripture reading, which we read from, and at the end of it, Jesus said this, he said, Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. Now, if faith is your conviction, if, if faith is uh, what you are, uh, have a strong conviction about, then to an extent you can have faith because you've seen something happen. All right, and this was Thomas's faith. Uh, he, everyone else saw Jesus, uh, he heard about it, but he said, I'm gonna, I refuse to believe till I see him, till I touch his hands, I put my hand in his side. And when Jesus came to him and he had walked through the doors eight days after that event, and he said, Thomas, he said, put your, put your, finger, in my, uh, put your finger in my hand, put your hand in my side, do not be doubting, but believe, right? The point being there, guys, is that Thomas believed according to what he saw. So uh, that was still faith. Do you understand? Uh, John goes on to say that Jesus did many signs amongst you, which we've written down, so that you might believe well, when Jesus did the signs, guys, did he say, don't believe yet? I don't want you to believe yet, all right? 
because you've, these are things you've seen. Okay, I don't want you to believe now, all right? I don't want you to believe. Wait, wait until you hear it. Well, he encouraged them to believe. In fact, it says they believed because they saw the signs. Now, but that is a, a different kind of faith. It's a different level. And it will only get you so far. Don't belittle it. It's a starting place. Faith is never about condemnation. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's about grace. But it's a good starting point. And don't think God can't work with that. God can work with that. If you only believe because you've seen a miracle, or if you only believe because you've seen someone's changed life, that's a start. That's a beginning point. God can work with that. God will work with that if you let him. In fact, it's a good place to start. And for Thomas, Got it somewhere here. Yeah. For Thomas, actually, Thomas's next thing he says is, My Lord Jesus, my Lord and my God. Do you realize that is the first time that someone other than Jesus had the revelation or the illumination that he was God. And that revelation and that illumination was based upon the faith that Thomas got because of what he saw. Come on, sports fans. So if you're in the position, you say, I've never been one of these people that believe easy. I only believe it if I see it. Well, don't condemn yourself. You're in good company. All right? And it's a good place to start. Uh, many years ago, I had a friend. She was a, uh, part of our uh, young adults group. And uh, she was a teacher at a Christian school down in Canberra. And we had a healing crusade come through. And she had one child in her class, a lovely little boy. And she would tell me about him. And his, his one eye went this way and the other eye went that way. And I don't mean just by a little bit. I mean big. Big time. And, and we... <laughs> And we were, um, we were talking about this crusade and, and, and how it impacted us. And she said, I was at the crusade and this church was a, it was actually a charismatic, it was actually a uniting church back then. A Connie uniting uh, was part of the great charismatic renewal that went through Australia in the 70s. She said, and I saw him go down for prayer. And she said, I wondered what's happened. Just the next day he arrived at school and his eyes went. And the person who prayed for him told her, I prayed for laid hands on him, prayed for him, and his eye went. Who knows that her faith for God to heal went up. It went up. Now, it's not a good place to stay, but it's a good place to start. Wherever you are on your faith journey is a good place to start. Wherever you are on your faith journey is a bad place to finish. All right? 
we are to have, as Smith Wigglesworth said, an ever-increasing faith. And that's what Paul said to the Thessalonians. Uh, I have another friend that I mentioned to you about. She's a pastor or pastor's wife down the North Coast, Pastor Margaret, Margaret Dutch. She was sharing with us, and I got more detail, I did mention a few weeks ago, that when she was healed from asthma, now she had childhood asthma and then it went up into, into her adulthood stages uh, life. And, and then at, in her early 20s, she went forward at a healing crusade and, and the asthma just disappeared like that, all right? That, guys, is a working of miracles. That's a healing gift. It's an operation. It's a gift of the Spirit. When that's an operation, you really just have to yield to it and accept it. And I say, yes, Lord, amen. I receive it. It's, it's kind of easy to get healed. It's a different thing to keep that healing because keeping that healing is done by faith. And uh, she, um, uh, sometime later, a year or two later, she went to get her diving certificate and the last thing before her diving certificate was that she had to do the, the physical. So she went and did this physical, uh, and, and the doctor was about to sign off on her having her diving certificate. He says, is there anything else I should know about your family history or your medical history before I sign off on this? She said, well, yeah, like I, I, I have, I've had asthma, and I'm hospitalized through it. And he looked at her and had this puzzled look, and he said, well, look at this. And he pulled out all the lung tests that she had had. She said, anyone that had had any type of asthma, anyone that had any type of asthma would, wouldn't have lung results like this. Your, your lungs are so much better than what is typical and way better than that. And you know, that, that, that helped her, but it was some years later that she, she had another asthma attack. This is after she was healed, all right? Remember Jesus said that the devil goes around and you, you sweep the house, and, and Satan will come back. Very often, you know, um, God moves in our lives. He still expects us to grow in faith. Do you understand? He still expects us to work out more. In a minute, I'm going to talk about what Jesus said about this. But point being, she said, in that time, she said she'd been to Bible college, and she learned about how to receive healing, and she learned about, about faith and how to walk in it. She said, so my faith level before was here where I knew I was healed because I couldn't, I could see it. And I, I had the test for it. So she said, therefore, in the years later, she said that, that when this severe attack came on, she said she knew it was the devil. And she learned how to stand. And she actually decided not to take any medication now. We do not suggest that. They, you know, you've got to know where your faith is. You know, I'm just as happy if you've got a headache, take an aspirin, it, it speaks to the devil, tell it to go. But it, faith's not about condemnation, it's about where you're at. You understand? All right? And so she stood on that. It happened again about two months later. Severe attack, stood on it, and uh, it was gone in about half an hour. And this was decades and decades ago, never had it again. The point being is that her first occurrence of faith was because she saw and she believed. People see you. You know, you are a living testament. You know? You know, people go around and call themselves apostles and prophets and evangelists and apostles of the world and all that sort of stuff. I don't know about all that sort of stuff. I think what Paul said, he said, we are epistles. 
I'm an epistle for the whole gospel to the world. You're an epistle. People see you and they believe in Jesus and that's a good place to start. And then they hear the gospel. Right? It's a good place to start. But the question I want to ask today and spend a little bit of time answering is why are you more blessed if you believe when you don't see? Why are you more blessed? It was a profound statement. Uh, Thomas believed, received the Holy Spirit, got saved because of what he, what he saw. Right? He had a profound, profound revelation from the Holy Spirit because he exercised faith in what he saw. And he had, my Lord, my God, the first and most profound utterance. Even like people who argue about the historicity of Christianity, they, that struggles with it because they say God, they invented Jesus as God like 50, 80, 100 years later. No, 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 no. Two weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, they knew he was God and they were calling him God. Yeah. Profound statement. Why then is it better to be able to believe when we don't see? You're waiting for the answer. Yeah. You're being scriptural. You're hearkening to the, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's a rhetorical question. No one shouted out. All right. Turn with me to, or we can flip it up there, but you can turn it to Romans 4 that we looked at last week. Um, I don't even know if I'm following this. Hey, Romans 4. I got a scripture for that. Luke 8, Matthew. Oh, maybe I didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, there it is. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I love it when technology works. I think maybe we should just let you do it. Pastor Grant, stick to your anointing. <laughs> Stay in your channel. Stay to your gifting. We've all received a portion of faith. Stay with it. Stay in your gifting. So, we're comparing and contrasting the faith that Thomas had compared to the faith that Abraham had. Poor old Thomas was not commended for that faith. Like, it's a good place to start, but he was, he said, yeah, but Jesus didn't say, you're all going to go out and have faith like Thomas. He didn't commend him. But Abraham was commended. So much so that Abraham was called the father of our faith. All right? And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, passed down genetically. It means is it, it, that God moved in him and we got the sample or the template. And because God moved in him, he was able to bless us and move on the earth. But how faith, how Abraham moved in faith, is our model of how we're to move in faith. He was commended. Thomas wasn't. You'll never get Abraham's blessings with the Thomas kind of faith. <laughs> That's good. Someone's going to look it up on YouTube. You'll never get Abraham's blessings with Thomas kind of faith. All right. <laughs> Salvation depends on faith. In order that it may rest on grace. We talked about that. Also, to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, that's us. We share in the faith of Abraham. We participate in his faith. We have faith. We're to have faith like he has. We don't share in the faith of Thomas. We're encouraged to believe in things that we do not see. 
our faith is supposed to grow. And the good news is it can grow and will grow till we can believe in things we cannot see. Right? Doesn't mean you go around making everyone think you're loony down the shopping centre, you know. What it does mean is that in your prayer life and in your own mouth, things about your family, you may not see it now, but you believe it. Things about your health, you may not see it now, but you know that God's word, right? That is Abraham's faith. And the reason is this. He says, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom Abraham believed. And this is a crux verse. Who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. God calls into being things that do not exist. God's faith, in whom Abraham's faith was mimicked or reflected, in whom our faith is supposed to be, calls into being things which they do not see yet. Who's got a dream? Who's got a dream? Who's got a hope? Who's got, who, who wants something from God? Who wants something in their life? Who, who knows God's promised something and maybe you haven't seen it yet? Come on! It should be all of you. Seriously, if you don't have hope, what's the point of living? I've got things I'm believing for. I don't see it. I don't see, I, you know, we might be here for another year or two. I don't know. But I see a beautiful dwelling for our church family where we look out, where God is glorified. I see it. I got it here. It's a hope. I can see people coming and getting saved. I got leaders being raised up. I see it. I've, I've got it. I see it in my heart, but I don't see it yet. And if I was to believe it only when I saw it, I can tell you I would never have it. And your hopes, your promises, your dreams, if they're from God, if you've got scriptures for it, they're a hope, the Bible kind of hope, it's a certainty of something that is to come. And the Abraham kind of faith, the reason it's more blessed to believe when you don't see is because with that, God can pull things out of thin air for you. Everything can be going wrong and you go, I don't care, I'm not believing. I haven't got Thomas, I'm not believing what I see, I'm believing what I know to be true. And that is a higher kind of faith. That is a stronger kind of faith. It can start, I've seen it happen to other people, it can start there, and then I've read the word, and I read about what Jesus did, and so that's become down in here, and now I'm prepared to believe things that do not see, so I can believe into existence things that don't exist yet. That's, that's not just me, that's you. That's everyone. God wants to lift us and take us to that. And we can do it. And he wants to do it for you. It's simple. It may be hard, but it's simple. It's that. How can it be that simple? I don't know. Ask Jesus. 
That was simple, so anyone could do it. In fact, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, that, and you know as well as I do, the simpler you are up here, the simpler it is to do. Which is why it was so hard for Thomas. We, it is more best blessed to believe things we do not see, but we know to be true, because then God can bring it into existence. He can bring it so it's tangible. You might be believing for your kids. They're not where you want to be, but you're calling them in. You say, I've got this promise. I've got this promise, and I can see that, but I'm not going to put my... When I say believe, you can see how your kids are acting now, but I'm not going to put my faith in how they're acting. I'm going to put my faith in God's Word. I'm going to put my faith in what God has said. It is more blessed, Jesus said, to Thomas, it's more blessed those who can believe what they do not see yet will see. We'll talk more about it. But it's okay to dream. It's okay to see yourself healthy. It's okay to see your family out of debt. It's okay to see with a life of purpose because you've got a promise for it. And you're a child of Abraham. You can believe it. God wants you to do it. If God didn't want you, you're not twisting his arm. Why would he put it in there? I want you to do this. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, oh no. He's, he's happy. It says in Hebrews 11, it pleases God. He's proud of you. Right? So, how do we go... We'll do that next week. Now, how do we go? <laughs> I want to talk about some of the things that Jesus said about establishing faith. And I kind of think that Jesus might have had an idea about it. Do you? So if he said it, is it worth listening to? If Jesus said it, it was recorded in one or two of the Gospels, it's in red. You know, or if you've got Bibles like me, it's in black, but it's in quotation marks. Then I think it's worth listening to. All right? We talked about Romans 10. Your faith comes by hearing. Read the rest of it. If you hearken your voice, if you hearken your ears to it, right? pay attention. Okay, so there are things about our attitude towards what God has said which will either steal faith from us or build strong faith in us. So who knows that attitude is everything? Because Jesus preached the same message to a lot of people, and only the people with the right attitude were strong in faith. And Jesus talked about that attitude. There's two things really want to talk about the attitude is. First one is be careful how you hear, and be careful what you hear. You know, when, when, when Jesus said, verily, verily, it wasn't because he was looking forward to King James English. You know, so, oh, verily, verily. You know, verily. That, that means what I'm saying to you is true. Slap, slap, slap. What I'm saying to you is true. He said, this, if you grasp it, will change your life. The first thing Jesus says about how you're here. So we've got a scripture there which is, if you can find it for me, which is Luke 8, 16 to 18. We got it? 
Glory be to God. You're in your grace there, guys. Okay. He says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it. Now, this is him explaining how the kingdom of God works, all right? No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar and puts it under the bed, but he puts it on the stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is there anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. Take care then how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given. The one who has not, even what they have, will be taken away from them. Jesus said, consider how you listen. There's um, a couple other translations I will just get to, but I have... Uh, It's interesting, in, in the Amplified it says to this, Be careful how you listen, for whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for the truth, even what they think they have will be taken away from them. Amplified. God's Word translation. So pay attention. Consider. I want you to think about this, Jesus is saying. If you want to go from weak faith to strong faith, uh, if you want to walk in a dimension that God has for you, then first thing I want you to consider is your attitude to the Word of God. I need you to show some respect to what I'm saying. I need you to honor it. Forget about the roast. If it burns, it burns. Back in the day, we used to put lamb roast in the oven when we went to church. Did anyone, anyone ever experience that? Anyone ever have lamb roast on Sunday? Was it just me? Was that a Salvation Army thing? All these rhetorical questions. The fact of the matter is, you didn't, is that things can distract you, but Jesus said, take care how you learn. How you listen. Take care how you listen. The other thing that is interesting about this verse is that the gospel of the, the kingdom of God is capitalist rather than socialist. Do I hear an amen? By that I mean you're going to be given something, alright? When you get saved, your faith drops in your heart. What you do with that, how you invest it, will determine how you grow. Alright? Because he's saying, if you, if you don't take heed, then what little understanding you've got will, will go from you. Now that's scary on one hand, but on the other hand, it's good news. Because Jesus said, listen to this. Think about how you're hearing that's why, you know how much this girl's grown the last couple of months? Has anyone seen it? Has anyone seen it? Do you know how much she's grown? That's why, that's why shame on you didn't bring your hands <laughs> No, Cheryl, I, you know, because I know there's different ways that people look and people wait a different way to learn. 
but it's, it says be careful how you listen. Be careful how you listen. Value. Value it. Because when you do that, you get a little bit of light, a little bit of understanding, a little bit. And when you walk in that light and that understanding, the next little bit is going to be added to you. And Jesus said, the next little bit is going to be added to you. And you look back five years from now, you won't recognize yourself, but for a month or two, you're just at this level. And, and God allows you to put it into practice. And the gospel of the sower says that the devil comes and tries to test you for it, but you know, you've hearkened to it. The attitude, a winning attitude to go strong in faith is be careful, pay attention to how you hear. How I'm listening to it. How I'm listening to it. Am I valuing it? And I, I've got to tell you, honestly, this is a, oh, we are blessed with who we've got here in the future. And we're so blessed because people are growing. People, and you've got new Christians, been Christians of just a few months, and we're a Bible study, and you know, I get that look from Chloe, and I get it from Ray and Jocelyn, and these people talk about, how did they grow that much in four months? Shame on me because they're careful how they hear. And they get this bit of light and that bit of light and that bit of light. Paul expected the Corinthians, get this, to be mature by 18 months. He said, I no longer expect you to be children. They'd only been heard the gospel 18 months before. The second thing, and this is interesting, and Abby's told me, I'm not allowed to tell you how, but I'm running out of time. <laughs> so I'm not running out of time. The second thing is the, is the parable of the sower. Now Jesus, in introducing this parable, he said, guys, you got to to understand this parable, you understand all parables. Understand how it, it works. Now the thing with the parable of the sower, as you know, it was the same seed. Was it not the same seed that was being thrown out? Was it not? But there was very different results. And Jesus said, people ask, well, how come this person got healed, this person grew? Well, he's telling that story. I can remember being at a um, T.L. Osborne crusade in Sydney back in the early 80s. Um, those of you that don't know T.L. Osborne, a wonderful evangelistic worldwide healing crusade. And I, I came, I wanted to see some miracles. You go to T.L. Osborne crusade, you want to see some miracles, right? I, I, I hate to admit it, I'm just going to admit it to you. I want to see some miracles. Can you understand that? I want to see. And I noticed there was two people in wheelchairs. One was sitting down there. We were up on the left of stage up high. And one was down there and one was over the other side. I looked down at this guy in the wheelchair. And I, I guess if you're going to a healing crusade and you're in a wheelchair, you've come for something, don't you think? All right? And, and then over on the other side was another guy in a wheelchair. I noticed this guy over there on the other side. He had his Bible open. And he was looking at the scriptures. He was going through. He was being careful how he listened. He was going through. And he was looking at them. And he was marking at them. And he said to the person, what about this? And, and you know, you could see faith was rising. And this other guy, he wasn't, you know, he just wanted this easy healing, you know. He wasn't even open. If he had his Bible, I didn't see it. They both went forward at the end. One person walked out of the wheelchair one day. And it was the one who was careful how he listened. Same anointing, same gift, same power of God, same word. So Jesus is casting this um, 
seat on the ground to tell me about, and he says this. Lots of things we can talk about it, but the person who, who grew the most, he said, the reason they were able to grow is they understood the word. I want you to understand, get, get this, any illumination or revelation from God is from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? So it's not that you're smart. That's why I'm here and Chloe's, you know, over there. If she was, if she was any dumber, she'd be up here preaching. <laughs> it's not that at all. Come on, I know. Linda's not here, I can get away with it. She's watching me. But what I'm saying is, it, it's, it's not at all, it's not, it, and, and actually, to be honest, Pastor Chloe, you know that all the time I say to a man, you're, you're smarter than the Lord, because she gets things from the Bible, I'm going, what? Well, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to use that. I'm going to preach that. Is it right if I preach that? You know? But, so, so don't break on this. The fact of the matter is, once you, once you hearken to it and watch it, then the Holy Spirit gives you understanding but that understanding does two things and it's actually in the word you look at it uh, if you look it up that word understanding first thing is it's to com combat com combat to fight against false ideas that you already have and you know that you've heard some things from the word you go like, hang on you know, hang on pastor Dan, what are you talking about the actual word means to bring two armies together it's the first meeting. It's like, I'm preaching this word now, you want to understand it, you've got to sort a few things out because there's a few things you used to believe that you're going to have to deal with. It's like back in the good old days in the NRL, you know, when New South Wales and Queensland came together and in about five minutes in it, there was a bit of biff and they worked out who was the top dog. Remember those days? Yeah, they soon worked out who was the top dog. Well, Jesus said, to get understanding, you've got to work out who's the top dog. Is what I've said got more weight, all right, than what you already believe? And you know, you have a dog fight and two dogs fighting each other. You know which one wins? The one you feed wins. The one you starve loses. So the first thing about getting understanding is allow the Word of God to challenge existing beliefs. Allow it to challenge existing beliefs. That's the first word. Interestingly, the same word has a different... Uh, it's like flipping the other side of the coin because not only is it to combat or come against existing beliefs which are against the Word of God, it's actually supposed to bring together beliefs that you already have that are in line with the word of God. So when Jesus said, the one who will produce 30, 60, 100 fruit, they're the ones that allow God's word to challenge existing beliefs. Kaboom! One cat runs away. But also to connect it with things you already know. So for example, faith for anything, prosperity, it works the same way as faith for salvation. So when you hear about that, I hear that, I believe it, I receive it, I confess it. You realize that, well, that's the same way. It's connecting. Abraham, he considered the promise of God, considered the promise of God, and he connected it. 
It challenged the belief he had about his body. He grew understanding. You get understanding, you grow strong in faith. The reason being, guys, I... Sorry, I have not time to get into now. Is because Satan comes against that seed and he'll put opposition against it. But when you've allowed it in understanding to challenge existing beliefs and then to confirm scriptural beliefs, you have understanding. Your faith is strong. And the Holy Spirit will allow you to do that. The Holy Spirit will empower that in you. We can grow strong in faith. Can we got, I've got a conclusion slide there. The musicians, you can get up. Are the musicians getting up? I know you're enjoying yourself. Right. Strong faith, Jesus said. Strong faith, Jesus said. Just think about that for a minute before we just glibly. This is what Jesus said. Strong faith only comes to those who seek for it. Beginning of that verse, he says, seek the word before you read. Who listen and who consider how they're listening. And come to an understanding of that scripture. Jesus said, if you listen to it, you come to an understanding because the Holy Spirit is your teacher. That's the basis for strong faith. Praise God.